Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey. What's going on? We're in the thick. <laughs> What's going on? I'm in need of some group therapy right now. The, the dog's knocking stuff over. The boy and the wife are yelling in the back room. And I came in here to, if there was a couch to lay on, I would. Dude, I have had myself a day. Um, I've had myself a week, honestly. Hold on. Let me just post in here so that everyone knows that it's time for group therapy. Group therapy time. Um, yeah, I am also, I'm also in need of, of that. I'm in need of a, a beer and, uh, probably in need of, I mean, just decades worth of, of therapy, but for right now, this will have to do. How are you doing, Craig? I'm good. Here's the cracking of the official beard to begin the group therapy session. And we welcome everybody in listening live on our Discord right now, uh, as well as listening on a podcast uh, posted down the road. Uh, and everyone listening in our Discord has done so by joining our Patreon. Uh, and if you are somebody out there who's just a regular subscriber and hasn't yet, go to patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. Go ahead and sign up. Five bucks. The first of the month is coming up uh, pretty soon. Why not just jump on in and check out the Discord server? When you do download the Discord app, you'll jump in our server and uh, join this community where we'll have folks offering some live questions to us tonight, John, as well as a lot of questions that have been posed to us in our channel uh, over the course of the last day and week. And I want to change things up a little bit tonight uh, because, you know, this used to be the mailbag the live mailbag where we would take questions from people. Um, but I want to empower people tonight who maybe don't have a question, but just have like an opinion, like something they want to say about the team or about anything. Sure. Um, I want to empower them to hit that little hand button in discord and jump in and, and give us your opinion. Uh, the, the stage can be yours. You don't necessarily have to have a question to, to jump on in here. That's a great point, John. It doesn't have to be the most brilliant question ever. It, it doesn't, even have, be, doesn't even have to be a question. doesn't have to be a question. You could tell us about mustard. If it's entertaining, I'll listen. I mean, if, if someone I like, wants... I like mustard. If someone wants to show up and rant and rave about, uh, you know, hating Jace Tingler or loving jerks in Profar or thinks that Tati should be moved to center field, like, by all means, jump up here. The stage can be yours. Outstanding. So where shall we begin my friend, on the heels of a uh, split in Milwaukee, uh, not much offense until like some clutch offense uh, at times in the course of the series. Uh, one, you know, easy win and some some real uh, tight games uh, overall. And now off to Houston as as the team is trekking through twenty games in twenty days. Uh, where do we start with this little uh, pack of fellows? I really don't know. Like, you know, um, the last few losses have been um, not just these, these, you know, two to the Brewers, but any of the before the winning streak. Every loss just feels hilarious to me because Padre fans get so down every, with, like, every yeah. single loss. And so I'm really in this mindset right now where I'm like, do people not understand that, like, even the best teams lose, like, 60 games a year? Um so I don't know where to go. Like, I don't really want to go negative. Uh, they split a series against a good team. Um, they already look tired. Uh, I think we have a lot of good questions that can probably stir stir our conversation. So so let's, let's start with some of these questions. Um, okay, so after, uh, here's one from Abe10UC. After seeing the steady play and highlight reel plays from Cronenworth and Kim... Should they be the second baseman and first baseman and Hosmer moves to being the main DH, at least during DH interleague games in 2021 and moving forward if there is a universal DH implemented in 2022? 
Um, that's a that's a good question and a good way to kind of transition into talking about uh, how things will be slightly different for uh, at least the offense uh, in Houston against the Astros. So, would you do that? Would you put Kim at second base and and put Hosmer uh, as a DH? In Stratomatic, absolutely. Um, I, I think in real life, uh, that's not very likely to happen more than one game. Uh, they want Hosmer on the field. They think he provides some sort of value that uh, metrics and people's eyeballs that aren't on the club uh, apparently don't see. Speaking of eyeballs that don't see, Hosmer's don't see the ball skipping past him when he doesn't look at it. Uh, into the glove and he turns his head away. Uh, I, I, the, the way I answer that is I think that it's both true that that's a better defensive formation and that it's unlikely to happen on a regular basis. I think the Padres see Cronenworth is a great second baseman and they're right. Uh, Hosmer, they think, is better than we do. And they really like Kim's ability to play all over the infield, including the left side, especially. So, um, I think once you get to a DH world, I'd be more expecting to see uh, Kim bounce around and then use the DH as uh, a resting spot than I would to expect them to see to give it to Hosmer yet full time. If they ever picked up that option and then the seventh and eighth year, you know, it's totally gone, then I could see that. But right now, I honestly, I don't see that. I'm going to reference something that uh, got stuck in my brain um, more than a year ago. It was before the 2020 season uh, when I was arguing, we were already arguing that Hosmer really shouldn't be facing left-handed starting pitchers. Um, And I I think I was arguing that him and Myers, uh, before Myers had his good season in 2020, that him and Myers should platoon at first base. And this picked up just enough traction that Stephen Woods, while interviewing Brett Boone, of all people, um, asked him about it. And Brett Boone's response was uh, something along the lines of, like, you can't pay a guy that much money, ask him to be the team leader, and then, like, put him on the bench half the time. And my response to that was, like, well, they can if he's not good. Like, Brett, Brett Boone said nothing about whether or not Hosmer was good. He basically said, like, as a team leader with a big contract, he has to be out there. And I think there's a lot of teams and a lot of places that would feel that same way and be like, well, Hosmer has to be at first base because that's what you pay him for. And he's the team leader and you need him in the infield as the guy to blah, blah, blah. Um, but I do think that the Padres occasionally surprise us and me with uh, how intelligent they can be. Um so, I mean, I don't know if Hosmer is DH of this team next year. I don't even know if he's DH in, in Houston or any other AL uh, series. But if it happened, I would be happy and not super surprised. Like, it wouldn't, I wouldn't fall out of my chair. How about that? I got you. I, I also think Cronenworth's just more valuable away from the foul lines. You know, so... I'd rather see him at second base than first base. He's made some great plays at first base. I think he's okay there, but I don't think he's quite as good as he is at second. So I I think he'd be making Cronenworth slightly worse, probably still better than Hosmer on the, you know, flip. uh, And then talking about where to play Kim. Kim so far, he's really not played any second base or very little compared to what he's played at shortstop and third base so far this year. But that's how it's laid out with Tatis and Machado being injured more. Are Kim's batting numbers, like, halfway decent yet? I don't think they are. Well, no, they've been getting slowly better. I mean... That's why I asked. Uh, oh, he's up to 211 batting average. Yeah. Not... He was, like, 140, 150. I know. OPS of, what's that, 5, 6, 6, 10, 6, 12? Hey, that's... Look, and, I mean, he's been getting triples. You know, he does have the two home runs, but he's been catching up to some higher heat. Uh, overall, and, and really, he's been great defensively, just great, and a, a frenetic base runner who really fits into the Padres' profile of being, you know, the gas house gang and the the team that runs amok. So uh, that's one of the things. While he's, I think you've got to agree when he comes up with runners on, like generally in a big spot, you're kind of figuring they're going to figure out a way to overpower him or fool him. Uh, but still, he's been a plucky part of a lineup that 
he hasn't hurt him nearly as much as you might think when Manny Machado's out for a week without a replacement. Yeah, at the very least, he's a you know a professional hitter. It's not one, two, three, you're out. Um, Abe kind of answers his own question, or I, maybe this is just a, a, a good addendum question, which is basically whether or not they can do this. Hosmer, DH, Cronenworth at first, Kim at second. Well, in Houston, depends entirely on Manny Machado's health. Because uh, if Manny can't play, then there's no way they can do this because they need Kim to play third base. Right. Yeah. I mean, probably that's the case right now. I mean, wouldn't you expect that the way they're doing this, Manny probably at least tomorrow turns up at the age? I feel like we should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he batted today, so we know he can hit. Um, He got a double today, so we know he can hit. Um, I am not confused. Frustrated might be too strong of a word. Slightly annoyed by the fact that we have to figure out which Padre players are injured before like they show up on an injury report or there you know anyone in the media brings it up like the fact that we had to figure out that Nola was injured before they were like oh yeah he sprained his knee like we had to figure out that Manny was injured and and they're like kind of refusing to put guys on the injured list even though it's only a 10 day injury the whole injury thing is is bothering me and I'm sure it's bothering you too Craig well, it's a great uh, teaser reminder, John, for folks who may not have done so to go check out the Wednesday one-on-one podcast uh, that all of our patrons uh, got in their feed on Wednesday what, lunchtime or, or mid-morning uh, that I had the chance to do with Will Carroll, who's covered the injury beat for 20 years, because we did a whole section talking about the trend toward no information or misinformation or you know staying quiet in baseball about injuries and you know he agreed to the trend but also said that there are some teams you know and he pointed to uh, kansas city in particular i think both the chiefs and the royals uh, as teams that instead went the other direction were very transparent and allowed the team trainer to be interviewed you know and and to take questions from the media and there's no competitive advantage to doing this. It's it's really just a matter of kind of being an asshole uh, about stuff. And, and it's always couched in, well, we have to have a competitive advantage. But nobody is targeting in baseball. You know, and, and they pretty much, I think Will talked about it, that they pretty much showed in a study that targeting in hockey didn't, what wasn't necessarily as, as possible as people made it out to be either. So... These are just excuses for them to just lie to us and be stupid. And the Padres have been kind of the stupidest about it. I, you know, it, it, it is. It's super irritating. I, uh, I heard an interesting story today that uh, is in line with this conversation, but in the NBA, where the Utah Jazz, um, before game one, kind of surprised everybody uh, and said that Donovan Mitchell wasn't going to play. Now, obviously, he played in game two, and he was absolutely fantastic and kind of proved that his I think it was a sprained ankle is totally fine but Donovan Mitchell met with the media said he felt great and then the team pulled him aside and said you're not going to play in this game our, our trainers have decided that you're not going to play in this game uh, but you know for the the week leading up to it they were going oh Donovan looks great he's definitely going to be ready for the playoffs so there was definitely some sort of like weird trickery stuff going on but the angle that um is interesting to me that that made this story unique was the other Utah jazz players only heard basically what was filtered through the media. So they assumed Donovan Mitchell was fine because the jazz kept telling the media Donovan Mitchell is fine. And then Donovan Mitchell gave a press conference said, I feel great. I can't wait for the game later tonight. And the players heard Donovan Mitchell saying he felt great. He couldn't wait to play in the game later that night. So it's like, two, three hours before the game, and all of a sudden all of his teammates who are expecting him back for the first time in weeks get word that actually he's not going to play, and it threw all of them off. Like, just mm. just being secretive and sneaky and, and th- trying to do misdirection for, uh, it, you know, to, to hurt the Memphis Grizzlies actually ended up, like, kind of hurting the morale of the other Utah Jazz players going into Game 1 because they were just so, like, confused and thrown off. Um I I don't know how that, I mean, I don't know if that really ties into any of the injuries going on with the Padres now. I'm sure the Padres 
players have a better idea what's going on with like guys like Manny Machado and Austin Nola than we do, but maybe they don't. And then maybe they're, they're feeling slightly biffed as well. Anyway, uh, our buddy Dean has joined us. How are you doing tonight, Dean? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing well. better all the time. Right on, right on. Um, so, stupid idea probably, but with Machado, you know, hurt as you guys are talking about, we don't even know what he's – it's a shoulder thing, right? Yeah. What if, what if he plays first base for, you know, this next series against the Astros? So oh, he he's ever played the, the position. Ball? What's that? I don't think he's ever played the position. Yeah, but but how hard could it be? First base is easy, right? I've seen money ball. <laughs> it's incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have turned it off right after that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to have uh, him trying to pick Tatis's multiple throws in the dirt. Could it be uh, worse than, could it be worse than uh, uh, Hosmer trying to do it? It could be. Yeah, I mean, it could, yeah, <laughs> believe it or not. Osprey at least gets like one out of three. Out of three. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, um, I talked to John about this uh, a couple of days ago, and I just wanted to go back to your guys' uh, rock and rock star versus athlete thing. And I've oh yes, spend, yeah. And I've gone to spend time around well, more more people in the rock world and say uh, athletes, but I did have one instance where uh i had just started working in a recording studio and i'm you know assisting at the time grabbing coffee for people you know setting up a, mic- a microphone that type of thing and uh i don't want to say the name i'll just say the one of the first projects was a former third base coach of the of the padres um and he totally shattered my whole conception of of what athletes were i guess i was really naive you know thinking athletes are are very you know into their body my body is my temple type of thing um only to find myself smoking a few joints with this guy (laughs) over the course of a week or two there was a, a a time where where he may have called the studio up while on mushrooms and we were trying to decipher what he's saying he would come by the studio uh from time to time bringing uh, moonshine made from the Hank Williams family bathtub, and that's why these guys, and also, you know, and we're smoking joints. He's saying that he's supposed to be detoxing the whole time, so that's why he was just sticking to the pot. <laughs> and that's when I realized these guys—they are rock stars. You know, you have a bunch of wealthy men traveling together for 80 something days out of the year if not you know spring training that type of thing uh those guys party and they might even party better than the rock stars because they can hook themselves up to an IV the next day yeah they they can uh i'm sure they have all sorts of detoxing methods with their doctors and trainers around whereas a lot of the rock stars i've known yeah you kind of have a lot of uh time to kill uh, because there's a lot of downtime, you know, you don't get into a club and start doing drills, you know, you sit there. And so sometimes the only thing you can do is kind of drink, but usually if you want to go from club to club or arena to arena, you know, a hundred and something days a year, you got to, uh, work really hard and you have to have a, uh, a level of seriousness that you take with it, that most of these people that I've gone to know over the years, they, they don't really party. That's kind of like an exaggerated um, you know, misconception uh, of of what it is to be a rock star, and, and most of them want to be successful at all if they are partying all the time. Dean, interesting stuff, man. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I, I mean, that's, I think that's a very, very, very uh, fair read of the situation, and definitely athletes uh, feel bulletproof, including their ability to shrug off a big night the next day. Uh, and I think, and you're right. And they've got the trainer to help them out as well. Dude, that was some good stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was awesome. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. 
If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, all right, let's get back to some of these questions. Uh, again, if, yeah. anyone, if anyone else wants to join the conversation and they're they're in the, the live Discord, just raise your hand. Uh, request to join and, and you can join this conversation. Uh, Abe, once again, uh, popping in, um, said this was brought up during the, the watch party. Uh, I know Joey Gallo or Hanniger are the ideal trade candidate for some, but we've seen that there is no one outside of Grisham that can play a competent center field and has a decent bat. What options seem uh, available that are realistic? And this is what he means by the, he brought it up during the watch party, and I, I said I really wanted to talk about this tonight because I've been saying since almost the start of the season that I want the Padres to try, and maybe they have, and maybe we'll never know, um, to get Lorenzo Kane because uh, he's underachieving his contract right now. Um, and I feel like the Brewers might be willing to part with him. And he seems like the type of guy that, you know, if you put him in a lineup like what the Padres have, all of a sudden that bat would come to life and that gold glove defense would sparkle and he could play all three outfield spots and, and really be um, kind of the ideal uh, fourth outfielder for for this team and, and maybe even you know uh, eventually force himself into the, the starting lineup Craig I know you've been uh, big on Kane for a while you wanted the Padres to try and sign him as a free agent so I imagine you're on board with this idea of the Padres should trade for Lorenzo Kane yeah I just don't think the Brewers are um he's been, he's been <laughs> yeah, like 202 right now he was playing all the way through playing toward the top of the lineup I know uh, and and as a you know, playing well in center field, uh, smiling and laughing, seeming to be one of those energy guys for the Brewers. And the Brewers are a winning team. I think they have so little offense, it's hard to say, well, the, you know, they're going to just go, excuse me, about to sneeze. <laughs> Pardon me, everybody. Uh, again, and it's gone. Ta-da! That's what I get for being stuck in the office. Oh uh, yeah. It's okay. While uh, while while Dean was talking, a, a a box that my wife had stuck to the wall in here literally fell off the wall and hit me in the head. So we are we're just having like the luckiest and best group therapy session ever. Can I have some therapy for my therapy? Uh, it's it's making me uh, making my nose itch. Uh, my point is, I, the Brewers don't have anyone to replace Lorenzo King. You know, Jackie Bradley Jr., despite getting the game-winning hit today, is terrible offensively. Yelich is hitting for nothing, and the replacements of those guys aren't that much better. There's not a super hot Milwaukee Brewer that I am aware of that is knocking on the door in AAA to come up and tear the cover off the ball. So I, I think a lot of things have to change for Kane to even be available to the Padres. And then... If you bring in a guy like that and the team's at full health, there's no DH, where's he going to play? Is he going to agree to play two times a week sometimes? I don't know. Well, between the, you know, fam still not fantastic, although he's been better. Um, in left, Grisham's always getting hurt. Uh, and, you know, you could sit him against lefties and, and Will Myers is either occasionally hurt or needs a break like I, I feel like he would play more than twice a week but maybe i'm nuts well okay let's talk for a second about tommy fam i believe tommy fam scored a run in seven or eight straight games now i know he's got uh, like he's got like two hits in like his last three games like he's got multiple hits in like the last few games he's, he's starting to get hot this is exactly what we talked about john we talked about it on previous padres hot tubs and we said to be patient and then I went ahead and traded for Tommy Pham, and you got off of the bandwagon and said, get rid of Tommy Pham. 
and you almost pulled me there. But no, Tommy Pham is good. He's going to start all year for the Padres, and he's going to be one of the five best offensive players on the team. Okay. I mean, that's that's a hell of a statement. I I think it's going to be that. Uh, you know, he's he because Tommy Pham is doing right now one thing at an elite level, like elite. He's getting on base. He's he's top five in the league right now in getting on base in the month of May. He's a cold, calculating player who understands what he needs to do. I think he's going to be good. And, and the numbers have said all year that he was playing at a level that was excellent. Fangraphs, uh, which was in our Discord server earlier on one of these channels, uh, they somebody dropped an article that I read showing that they had put together a whole thing to try and figure out who's playing at an MVP level. And Tommy Pham clicked up in their metrics as, as one of like the top five guys. Good Lord. For the, for, yeah, crazy. It wasn't Tatis. It wasn't Machado. But the, but the metrics they were using were very specific to very Tommy Pham type things, which was, are you swinging at strikes? Are you letting balls go by? Are you making, are you making consistently hard contact? Sounds like and Tommy Pham. Yeah, those are the things Tommy Pham has been doing while, by the way, stealing bases on a pretty regular basis now that he's getting on base. He's up to five or six steals and scoring runs all the time. I mean, really, you know, the the problem I've had with recent lineups for the Padres is who's been batting second. But Pham batting first is absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially when they're going against lefties. Um Okay, interesting question. Let me check and see if we have any requests. No. Uh, interesting question from uh, Alex Pena. In the span of Tatis's 14-year contract, will he ever be part of a tanking season? This is a straight prediction, Craig. Yes or no? Fourteen years. Yes. I say no. This is the scenario I could envision: a year where he was hurt. I mean, would he, would, season, would he really? But his be... name's on the roster. I mean, if he appeared in thirty games and he was hurt, the team tanked, and he was part of that season. I still say no. You know why? Because teams that pay this much money for uh, their baseball teams don't tank. Like, they're, 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 right. teams don't spend this much on on talent and then tank. It just the teams that are tanking are the ones that are league average or lower. So I'm going to go with no. Um, I, I hope you're right. I think you're right. I'm wrong. You're you're right. I'm an idiot. So two very interesting questions uh, that are related to one another. Um, one, Gay for Dad asked, does it really ever make sense to trade for a 30-year-old catcher? Uh, I'm assuming he's referring to Austin Nola. The caveat there is that Austin has only been a catcher for a couple of years, so he probably doesn't necessarily have the wear and tear on his body that most 30-year-old catchers do. Well, it seems like he's catching up, though. Uh, he, he's he's picking them up with the rapidity uh, that he's making up for lost time. Well, I mean, the, the other side of that equation is a 30-year-old catcher has already gone through all the bumps and bruises that, that you have to... You know, they've built that leather skin that you need to be a catcher to, to deal with all the little aches and pains that come along the way. And maybe Nola hasn't. Um, related question from Magic Don Huang is, where do we get catching help? Campisano obviously isn't it. It's a really good point. Did they call someone up? Because did Nola go on the injured list? Or did they just say, like, he sprained his knee and we're looking at it? Uh, Jace announced after the game that nola is going on the injured list but they did not make an official move yet so we haven't heard whether it's camposano or whether they pick up uh the contract of the other catcher i think his name is rivas webster, webster rivas, rivas? Maybe. is he on the 40 um, man no they'd have to purchase his contract okay um but i mean at least that would be a backup backup catcher instead of camp who they need to, he's not even hitting in AAA, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they need to get him going. Yeah. It's easier to call up camp. So they'll probably call up camp just because it's easier. Uh, but it might, I, I don't find him to be someone I'm expecting to be useful at all. I was wondering if maybe Jason Castro had 
was still a free agent, but it looks like he's actually part of the Houston Astros, so I guess not. <laughs> we'll see him tomorrow. Um, two years. Jason Veritek would be a good player to call in a pinch. <laughs> yeah, wisdom I, if nothing else. I, the The answer is probably Webster Rivas, and I'm not excited about it. Um, all right, Alan Spain asked, is the fact that Profar didn't bunt in the 10th on him or on Tingler? I'm going to let you take this one because during the 10th inning, uh, my house was essentially on fire. So I, I kind of heard what was happening, ran into the room, saw that the, the, you know, the, the game was over. And I, that's it's kind of everything I saw. I, I saw the top of the 10th was over and then there was another yell and the game was over. Um, so I don't exactly know what he's referring to here. Well, the top of the 10th began with Tommy Pham as the ghost runner on second base. Okay. Okay, so the lineup was Profar, Cronenworth, Tatis to come up. And I, would never, Discord... I would never bunt my leadoff guy in. I would never bunt my leadoff guy, period. But okay, go ahead. Well, so that's the, the thing. You know, at the very beginning last year, most teams just went ahead and bunted the runner from second to third that you'd have a runner at third with less than two outs and then put the pressure on the defense. But even in the course of a single year, you know, the the nerds and the number crunchers put their heads together and figured out that uh, that's a negative EV play. Uh, overall, you're better off if you're the top of the inning, if you're the visiting team, to try and have a big inning. Because especially if you have the top of your order up. Uh and that's the decision that Jace made. I will absolutely defend that decision uh, because Profar is not a great bunter. Uh, he hasn't shown that. He was going to be on the right, batting right-handed against Suter. Uh, the, the call for it is that so far this year, I believe Profar has been pretty bad against left-handed pitching. So you say, okay, well, you know, he might just make an out and an unproductive one. That's what he did. However, he lined it the third base where Urias made a good play uh, and caught it with his body like corkscrewed in the dirt. So then Cronenworth made a fly to left field and you go, oh, if he had bunted him, he would have scored. That's that. Um, and then what did Tatis do? He lined it to Urias as well. So it was a frustrating inning and it's a classic example of coulda, woulda, shoulda, because when you look at it, if they had laid down a successful bunt, then probably Cronenworth would have, uh, his fly ball would have scored, but that's the butterfly effect. You don't know Profar would have laid down a successful bunt. He could have had Pham picked off at third base, and Cronenworth's fly ball is meaningless. So uh, I'm fine with letting your top of the order try to eat in the top of an inning when both teams are playing Calvin ball and get to have the extra runner. Right. Um. Okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was uh, kind of right in my assessment that bunting that first guy is probably always a bad move. Um, our favorite, Trent, Trent Grisham Fox, uh, asked, uh, does Aber move out of AA ever this year? Um, I think my short answer to that is we'll know in several months, but I don't know if there's any way to predict that now. I mean, he's, he's going to have to, you know, be really good for several months. I think he's hurt right now. That's not going to help. There's one natural time, isn't there? When's that? The All-Star the All-Star break. The All-Star break, which is a month and a couple weeks away. If at that time the Padres make the decision to move CJ Abrams from double A AA to triple A, I would call that a loud honking alarm horn. Saying that CJ Abrams is gonna make his big league debut in twenty twenty. But I'm going to stick with what I've said before on this on this platform, which is that the Padres have a plan for C.J. Abrams. He is a part of the long-term 2020s plan, and part of that means his clock doesn't start in this year, 2021, uh, that it instead will start next year. So I think he very well will go to AAA, but the thing that I'd be watching is if he goes at the All-Star break, that means to me they're getting him ready for battle. Whereas if he goes in August or yeah, if he goes if he goes AAA in August, then it's just like hey, let's let him get a taste of AAA. He'll he'll start here next year. Exactly right. Let's let's or let's see him face some AAA competition, and then maybe he just breaks with the big league club next year. Right. 
Um, interesting question from Magic Duan Don Huang. Uh, is the six-man rotation a trap? Won't it tax the bullpen even more? Um, I think there was a really good response to this. Oh, here's the good response from Padres Porter. With the squad not scheduled for an off day until June 10th and all the issues around pitching in 2021, following last year's short season, I agree with the decision to move to a six-man rotation for the next couple of weeks. What I don't understand is the decision to put Weathers and Lamette back-to-back. This seems to add even, even more pressure on an already heavily used bullpen. Am I missing something, or is this a mistake? Those two questions together. Craig, you're up. Absolutely, it is a mistake in the short term to put Weathers and Lamette back-to-back. Absolutely, it is. Because you can't count on either guy for more than four innings. Uh, And without any Doyer loving at all, I just note for the factual record uh, that L.A. right now is using a four-man rotation with a bullpen day. And they are deliberately placing their bullpen day either right before or right after Trevor Bauer because they count on Bauer to be their innings pitch leader and to be the heaviest workload guy. Well, it helps, so, that, it helps that they have three starters in their bullpen at all times. Absolutely. Um, but they are thinking that through. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're thinking that through and going, we're going to have a bullpen day, but we're going to put it next to the guy who's going to soak some innings so that we know that that, you know, yeah, we like won't it, be asking for six and then and then nine. Like it should really be like Weathers, Darvish, Lamette, or Weathers, Darvish, Correct. Weathers, Darvish, like Musgrove, Lamette. Um, get the guys that you know are going to give you like six plus and then, and then spread the other guys out. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Now, the only thing to say as well, though, is that you've got a problem because right now Blake Snell is the third member of that group. So right now, when you go Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Snell's short inning starts are being picked up with Darvish's inning in, in front and Musgrove's innings on the back, right? Uh, what you need is for Paddock to also be that guy, and he could have certainly tried to pitch seven innings yesterday. They took him out with his pitch count in the 60s for a pinch, right? Um, but I believe it was for a pinch hitter, if I remember correctly. Uh, nonetheless, even with that, the Padres find a way to, to have to have Nabil, Chris Matt, and Miguel Diaz pitch all the leverage innings other than Craig Stammen today. So, yeah, I'd rather see that separation. The thing is, they've set it up, and now with 20 games in 20 days, they really don't have a chance unless they insert a bullpen day to do it. Uh, to shuffle the deck. Correct. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of my answer to a lot of these questions is like, they're just going to have to slog through the next, whatever, 10, 15 games in a row without a day off, and then they can readjust when they have a day a, a day off. Um, Senor Juante, does Larry Rothschild deserve praise as a pitching coach? Since taking over, here is where the pitching staff uh, combined starting pitching and relief pitching ranks in Major League Baseball. So starting last year, going through the short season, and then you know the the first part of this year, uh, innings pitched their third, um, strikeouts per nine their fourth, walks per nine their fifth, uh, strikeout to walk ratio their first, WHIP their second, ERA their second, FIP their second, XFIP their second, Sierra, which I'm not even sure what that is, is their first. Slider usage, their 14th. Fastball usage, their 20th. Uh, their Fangraph war is 15.1, which is third. Those are all excellent numbers in the pitching staff since Larry Rothschild took over, right? It's true. And while you could say, well, yeah, but he's got a lot better players to work with. Yes, but also uh, a lot of those guys have come in and pitched well, you know, uh, under him and, and, from his last stop in New York and, and the way things didn't click with Sonny Gray, you worried that there'd be some guys that maybe it wouldn't click with. But uh, to his credit, for the most part, the guys who haven't had their elbows blow out and need Tommy John surgery have been very good for the San Diego Padres. But I, I'm continue to be so impressed with the bullpen. And, and, you know, Chris Matt, I thought, pitched just like you would expect him to today. And so did Miguel Diaz. 
the reason the Padres didn't win the game is because Craig Stammen gave up a three-run homer to Willie Adamas. True, uh, true. And it stood out to me, John, because Craig Stammen's been so good this year, you know, and he's generally been good in the role that they asked Chrismat to do today, you know, to be the first guy out of the bullpen and to pitch a couple of innings. Uh, and instead, now he's slid back into that leverage role again, where we've seen him in, over the course of the last 10 games in the eighth inning and then today in the seventh inning. And quite frankly, I like Craig Stammen more in innings six or before, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like that's just a nice, comfortable place to pitch to pitch Mr. Stammen. But the way things have swung and the way that they never like to, to back to back guys. Uh, and they apparently, you know, never want Pagan to pitch two innings because uh, they rolled him back out there, and and we saw what happened today. Stammen wasn't great, and looked like he's looked many times in his Padres career. It just reminded me how good he's been this year. Because I'm like, oh yeah, Stammen gives up a big home run. You know, I've seen that before, and I'm like, but geez, other than the first home stand, really not at all this year. Yeah, and that's uh, look, he's not going to be great every time out. Um, no one's going to be great every time out. It was, it was a bad stamina appearance, but I, it, it, it was a, a stark contrast to who he's been so far this year. Here's a funny thing. I assumed that Willie Adames was having an amazing year because I, I feel like every game against the Brewers, I hear his name, uh, as doing like multiple, very impactful thing for the Brewers let me see what he's doing for the Brewers. He's hitting 200 in five games for the Brewers. Uh, oh, he's been under 200 for the season. The, the The Rays traded him. He was hitting 197 at the time. He's his Combined, he's still hitting 197. Um, just an, an absolutely anemic offensive player. But I, I feel like every game that's been Padres versus Brewers, he's been making positive plays, mostly defensive, but sometimes hitting. Um and I'm, I'm, I'm frankly kind of tired of seeing him. Well, you don't have to see him anymore unless you face him uh, in a wild card game or an LCS. True. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, Rafi asked, uh, when do each one of us start paying attention to the standings over the course of the season? Uh, he said also all-star voting begins June 3rd. How many all-stars are on this team? And then he asked, will Trent Grisham have done enough by the time voting ends to make it? So let's start with the standings. When do you start paying attention to the standings over the course of the season? June. Yeah, I was going to say like, I was going to say like mid June for me. Yeah, I, you know, there's the first classic baseball signpost is Memorial Day. And teams in first place Memorial Day, a majority of the time, win their division. So, you know, getting out to that two-month first place, you know, one-third pole lead, it's not nothing. You know, and the Padres are a few days away if they could, you know, lay their cards out, right, from being that team. Uh, but the difference is, of course, they're in a, you know, dogfight with the Dodgers who seem to win almost every single day that the Padres do uh, while the Padres are hot. Um, so that's when I start looking at it. I mean, I'll glance at it before, but it's always fool's gold, you know, like when we were all looking at the giants and then you just knew along the way, right. That there would be some sort of hiccup. Giants are a good team. They're going to be a good third place team. So usually Ju June is the first time I'll look and August is the first time I'll start 
and I mean start to take it seriously. Yeah, that's me. It's it's basically after the trade deadline is when I I start getting like nervous every time the Padres lose a game. Like, oh, they're only you know two and a half games up. They can't be losing games now. But um, yeah, middle of June is when I I really start you know checking in on it almost every day. Um, the other question: How many All Stars are on this team, and will Trent Grisham have done enough by the time the voting ends to make it? How many All Stars uh, are this... the Padres right now? Okay, so let's figure it out. I'll start. Let's dismiss Grisham for a second. I think he's an all-star. I don't. I think this IL stint, the second IL stint, is going to cook him. There'll just be too many other candidates. Outfield's an easy place to fill, and I could see him getting passed unless he comes back right at the at, you know at the beginning of the uh, you know the eleventh day off the ten day list and gets right back to being on the tear he was before. Um, with that exception, I don't think it'll be Grisham. But let's count it out. Tatis will make it, right? Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll agree to pieces in there's one yep melanson's um, two melanson two darvish three for sure musgrove I probably think four yeah sure. four uh back out to the field cronenworth chance for chance for cronenworth chance for hosmer uh outside chance for grisham if he can get back and compete so at least four, and, four plus. Yeah, at least four. And and listen, if Machado came back and had a huge June, which he has done before, uh, he could just push his way right into an all-star spot uh, on the bench. Although third base is always crowded and baseball loves Arenado. So, yeah, uh, he's, he's having a, a, a really good year. Yeah, a really good year. Um, so with all that, but I think four for sure. Uh, the goddamn Pac-Man wants to know what our favorite root beer is. Do you have a favorite root beer? Okay, I was thinking about this uh, a little bit. Um, I think the I- IBC. Okay. On it, yeah, you know the the bottle, the 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 dark, the IBC is yep. is really really good. I do like root beer. Um, you know, I think a classic. Uh, Frosty A and W is absolutely fine, but uh, I'd probably say uh, I don't think Barks is necessarily better than that. But I'll go with IBC. So I really like Barks. Um, that being said, I I grew up uh, in in one of those like small towns that had an A and W like restaurant that yeah that like people would go to a lot. Um, and get like burgers and root beer floats, um, and because I've been, of, I've been there, man. Yeah, be, because of it, I I can't possibly pick anything except for A and W. I have way too many good good memories associated with them. Um, all right. O Sanchez asked. Apparently, Will Myers is back to being Will Myers. I'm really glad we haven't talked about Will Myers up until this point. Uh, how does that make you feel? Should we start worrying about a right field upgrade more than a left field upgrade since Fam is adding some value as he gets hot? Is Will Myers the new Tommy Fam? <laughs> I, can I answer this with a, another version of this? I saw someone write uh, earlier this week. Of course. Um, because they they asked about shouldn't we evaluate the trade of 2019 Chris Paddock for 2020 Will Myers? <laughs> and how's it going? Oh, because man. that's kind of what it feels like that's has a, happened, right? Yeah, that's a good way of putting that. Uh, we got back our classic Will Myers that we had before, but you've gotten the upgraded paddock. And I, the way I'd like to like throw it back is like, if you could flip flop that, would you? Would you get the inconsistent, really struggling twenty twenty Chris Paddock, but have a raker? A consistent baller with a near thousand OPS. Will ten in the times spot? out of ten, yes. Yeah, with, me too. I think with, so. Without hesitating, look, this team has so much talent in the starting rotation that they can survive Paddock. Like even in the beginning of the year when Paddock was bad, we were like, "It's fine. He just needs to eat innings. Like he just needs to be okay and eat innings. That's it." If Will Myers was hitting like Will Myers last year, this team would be scoring six runs a game, and it'd be amazing. Right. Right. And then you can just paper over that and even the Bill Chris map will be fine. So, right. yeah, that's a great call. Yeah, I would absolutely trade our current Chris Paddock for 2020 Will Myers. 
But unlike Tommy Pham, Will Myers has a contract that goes beyond this year that pays him a lot of money. So yeah. I don't see AJ Preller trading for another right fielder to, to try and no. upgrade over. I mean, he said, should we start worrying about a right field upgrade more than a left field upgrade? There's no way they get another right fielder in here. We're just stuck with Will Myers this year. We have to hope that he he figures it out and and is good. It, you know, figures out a way to be as good as he was last year. I would very very much, and you agree, I know, because you were saying it earlier. I would love to see the Padres make a small time upgrade to get some sort of defensive minded, uh, right handed batting center fielder uh, that could probably play all outfield. And I think that would be a great person to add to this team. You know, you mentioned Lorenzo King. He'd probably be like the, the highest priced version of that, you know. Uh, but, but there's got to be a lower priced version of that that you can find out there that could really cover center in these times when Grisham is down. We haven't seen the Padres really get exposed for their weak center fielders that they've run out there yet. But just like 2015, you can do that for a month or two. Remember Will Myers just stumbling and bumbling and fumbling out there? You can do that for a month or two and still play around, but it'll catch up to you. It'll catch up to you eventually. And uh, the Padres need Grisham back. Grofar has been okay, uh, but when they've tried to play Fam out there, it's just it's a bad thing. So uh, I'd like to see that, but I'm, I'm keeping my chip on Tommy. I think he's going to be his own upgrade in left field. Uh, and, and as such, I feel like we've got to set outfield going forward. So the same guy that asked about Kane asked about, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Tyler Naquin? Is it Naquin? Naquin. Naquin. Yeah. Um, who seems like he's playing a lot of center field for the Reds. The interesting thing is we both kind of agreed like the Brewers are not ready to start selling, right? But the Brewers are in third place in the NL Central out of five. And the Reds are in fourth and the Reds are not far behind them. At some point, one of those teams is going to be well, like... Also, Yelich hasn't hit for anything yet. Right. You know, the Brewers have a ceiling. I I, I like... Better than St. Louis is. I mean, not really, because St. Louis has... They were not on Goldschmidt, you know, and some good on-base guys. They're a sound all-around club. But, man, in a playoff setup, Woodruff and Burns... Whew, that's hot right there. Hater at the back, you know, when you shorten their pitching staff, it's as good as anybody's in baseball. And teams like that, I feel like, are going to be – if they can get Yelich turned around, he's their MVP, he's on an eight-year contract, you know, then I don't think they're going to be trading anybody. Yeah, what I was going to say is, like, we're, you know, maybe a month from now, at the end of June, uh, one of those two teams is – probably going to be in fourth place in the NL Central. I mean, maybe not. Maybe the Brewers go on an absolute tear. Um, but whoever is in fourth place in the NL Central might be the team that the Padres call up. And oh. Like, hey, we, hey, we, uh, here, we, here you have a center fielder you're, you're willing to part with. No, you're right. That's a, that's a great way to put it, John. Good, good call. All right, Dean is back. Dean said he wants to chime in on our Will Myers conversation. I feel like this is about to get real dark, but go ahead, Dean. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get that dark. I, maybe. I don't know. Um, no one else was raising their hand, so I figured I'd try to chime in again. Appreciate that. Uh, Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the way I remember Will Myers, the old Will Myers, I would joke about this with a friend at work. Uh, you didn't always have to worry about log jams in the outfield with Will Myers because the old Will Myers gets hurt. And I, if he is the old Will Myers, I expect him to probably be, you know, on the IL for two months, three months or something uh, sooner than later. And uh, – and that was the comment I was going to have about that. But with as far as trades um, uh, that we could do uh, for, to to stock up the outfield, you know, sometimes I think I've just realized that with Preller, it's kind of useless to even talk about trades and, and, and theorize about him because whatever we're thinking, he seems to have already three other things that would blow our minds. Um, <laughs> right. You know? Like we, I just remember last year. You're thinking, well, if we get an upgrade here, we can get this, and but we can't. You know, we've already spent this amount, so he gets Clevenger, so he gets Nola, so you know. So I'm sure that he's already well aware of this, and there's something out there that is not just going to be just kind of a whole hum, okay, replacement type thing. I'm sure he will blow our minds once again. 
certainly possible. Do you think that's true, John? I mean, aren't we at the point where now, if he miss, makes a blow our mind trade, it almost has to include C.J. Abrams or Mackenzie Gore or Robert Hassel or Camposano? There's also just like, where would a blow our mind trade go? Right, like at, at this point, you're not like. If you're adding a starter level, then someone that the team, you know, seems to have faith in, whether that's Fam or Myers or Hosmer or Cronenworth or Nola uh, or, or one of the pitchers goes to the bench. And I, I feel like they're pretty happy with the team they have now, um, which is why I'm not expecting a, a blow our minds trade. But... You know, I've never really expected them in the past either. They just kind of arrive and surprise me. Yeah. And, and well, Dina, I'm curious. What do you have to say? Uh, well, I mean, just it's one of those things. I think blowing our minds includes, you know, not really expecting these things and not really seeing a place for it. And he just seems to have a knack for it. And when it's all said and done, we're always saying, wow, he did that for nothing. Um, right. And, far as trading you know maybe you do trade gore i i mean if they've been so shady with with him you know i remember even hearing from someone this could have been uh totally far-fetched or off base but like that they're really concerned with his fastball last year in the camp that he wasn't hitting the mid-90s and things like that um i know he's still young you know and people figure it out and i always bet on people more than i say you know numbers and things like that i do believe someone can just have that aha moment where something clicks, you know, and then they can have that also that other moment where all of a sudden it unclicks, but well, look they, at Jake Cronenworth, right? Yeah. Right. No one expected that. I mean, that's become the Cronenworth trade more than the fam trade. Um, and, I mean, he's going to make it the fam trade by the end of the year. <laughs> Come on, but he's been fantastic. And, and, and I think that there always is that capacity for, for the unexpected to happen in the game that always defies uh, numbers and analytics and things like that. But also Preller just seems to defy always every expectation you could po- possibly have about this team. He's done that. That's the one thing he's really done consistently. Agreed. Um, Dean, you had another question in the the text chat about uh, whether oh, yeah. Matt piggyback. You want to you want to throw that out here? Yeah, sure. I, I'm sure it's it's another hair hair ball hair brain scheme. But um, you know, with the six uh, man rotation, it's probably not going to be a thing. But moving forward, we're worried about Lamette. We're worried about Weathers, and we're maybe trying new things. Why don't you give Weathers for five innings, maybe five innings, possibly, so he can. Uh, qualify for a win you know assuming that the game's going as expected then right. you throw salmon maybe for a couple of innings have just the middle dude do two innings and then and then piggyback that with lamette throwing the seventh eighth and ninth ideally with a lead and and maybe start resurrecting the uh three inning save being a thing i don't think they're gonna do it because they've got a, a one-year closer on a bonus that's sure. been perfect so, you know, but it so gives him gonna... a day, it gives him a day off, you know, from time right. to time, you know, and it's, and it's a one day a week thing, maybe for Lamette. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Well, I, I do listen. It's not, it's not crazy because you probably heard me say it earlier and, you know, on, on a previous pod, like there's a difference between an opener fault relationship, right? And a piggyback. And I like the idea of a Weathers Lament piggyback, where you pick which guy starts based on what you think the strength is of the opposing team, and you let that guy go hard for three to four innings, and then you bring in the other guy and you ask them to go hard for the same amount of time, three to four innings. And when it works out well and one guy goes four hard and the other guy goes four hard, you're on to the ninth in Melanson, and that's that. You know, sometimes it'll work out if you go five and four, like you said, and, and you don't need anyone else uh, in the bullpen, as opposed to an opener, which would be more like a Lamet to come out, try and shove for six to nine batters, and then bring in a guy, maybe Weathers, and ask him to try and go five or six, you know, on the back end of that. Um, that's where I thought Lamet opening for Snell could be fun 
but I don't think we're going to see anything that experimental yeah, <laughs> from I think, the Padres this year. I think everything you're mentioning, everything that's being mentioned is probably like outside the realm of something that the Padres would be comfortable with. Um, I also think that having Lamette pitch and, and Weathers pitch, you know, each one of them pitch three innings a week is not an effective use of, of the roster. So I'm going to combine the two things that, that Dean talked about here, and I'm going to have an actual good idea. You ready, Craig? Oh, hey, good. Actual good idea. I mean, I think, in the lights. I think it's an actual good idea. Um, good, good. Good qualifier. Here's a way that A.J. Preller could surprise us, and it wouldn't be that experimental. A.J. Preller, instead of going out and getting Chris Bryant or blah, blah, whoever else, could go out and get another really good starting pitcher. Not saying Scherzer yeah. level, but another really good starting pitcher. And at that point, they have Darvish, they have Snell, they have Musgrove, they have Paddock, and they have whoever this new guy is, right? And then they could just push Weathers and Lamette to the bullpen. And right. take the, the Nick Ramirez's and the Nabil Chris Mats out of the equation. You just push them down to AAA, and all of a sudden you have two really good, probably dominant, arms out of the bullpen that you can give an inning or two to uh you know every every other day every third day whatever it is you're going to get more innings out of the guys that way you're going to get uh probably more effective pitching from them that way your bullpen ends up a lot stronger and if you have a good fifth reliever then you're not missing either one of them in the starting rotation and you can reconfigure in the offseason heading into next season so I think the way A.J. Preller surprises all of us is I think he finds a way to add a good starting pitcher and Weathers and Lamette end up uh, really bolstering the bullpen for the you know second half of the season or whatever it is. Even one more uh, advantage to that that you did not mention, thanks, thank you for leaving one piece of meat on the bone uh, for me to, to gnaw off here, is if you trade for a good to really good starting pitcher, one that you would say would be your number three. Uh, think about what it does to your playoff rotation. Now you could have Darvish and Musgrove and your acquisition with Snell as the fourth guy where he's only going to get like one exposure per playoff series as opposed to two potentially. And you get to push Paddock into the bullpen. And let him come out and throw ninety-seven, and and throw the changeup. So, you know, there's there's a lot of benefit to adding a good uh, starting pitcher, and I would be fine with that. I think uh, as the team heats up offensively and gets more consistent. Yeah, just imagine a a playoff start where you know Snell goes four. And then running in from the bullpen, here comes in, you know, succession, Lamette, Weathers, Paddock, and Melanson. Um, it, 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 that would be formidable. All right. Uh, we're about at an hour, but uh, Gay for Dad wanted to join us, uh, and, and I want to give him the opportunity to do so before we, we end uh, this week's group therapy. So, Gay for Dad, how you doing? Hey. So, I was thinking, like, what if we treated Cronenworth back to the Rays? So they could use him as an opener. And then, like, after a couple innings, when they're like, okay, shit's about to get real, they, like, flop him to second base. And then they bring in a real pitcher. And after, like, you know, the heat's died down, they decide they want to throw Cronenworth back in there. So they swap again, bring him back in, you know, go for there, go for the game. What do you think about that? That sounds like a really sativa uh, forward idea. Right there, uh, less indica to me. What do you think, John? I'm I'm wondering why <laughs> why that that idea started with trade him to the Rays. Like, why, why couldn't it just only be they like would use him this way? Yeah. Right? Why couldn't it just be like, hey, I had a, I had a good idea that the Padres might want to try. I mean, I I thought it was funnier because the Rays are the avant garde organization. Yeah, that actually no, that, that is funnier. I they agree. created <laughs> the role. Was really the perfect guy to take advantage of the role. You think about it. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is pretty sativa. So, gay for dad. That is quality writing. That I agree. Back to the Rays. Otherwise, the premise doesn't doesn't sell. You know, it would be uh, <laughs> it would be really funny to see him like during during the half inning when the 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 Rays or the the Padres are, are batting to see him in the tunnel 
Like he's throwing warm-up pitches in the tunnel because he can't get warm in the bullpen. And he's just trying to get warmed up because he's like, oh, they're going to put me back on the mound this next inning. I know it. Who would we be acquiring right at the top of their value from Tampa Bay, I wonder? Because it would be very classic of Tampa, too. You know, this is the one guy they missed on, and then they trade back for him because they still know a better way to use him I mean, than it would, it would, else. It would quite obviously be Francisco <laughs> Mejia, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> or, hey, no, I have a better idea. You ready for this? We can close yeah. with this. Uh, Padres are looking for a, a, a backup, a you know, fourth outfielder who can play some center field. Manny Margot. There it is. There. I said I wanted right-handed. There you go. You did. He can play all three outfield positions. It's an ex-girlfriend's trade. <laughs> it's an ex-girlfriend's trade. We'll give you Cronenworth. You give us Manny Margot. Man, that would be such I don't a... want to trade. No trading Cronenworth. Right now, already, Corey Stewart is, is currently planning on how he's going to firebomb your house. I mean, it's right an awful. Now. It's an awful. I would never trade Jake Cronenworth. He's he's the. I'm not even going to say what I was, what was in my head, but I I don't want to trade Jake Cronenworth. He's too good. I don't want to trade Jake Cronenworth. Don't firebomb our houses. Okay, let's get out of here, Craig. All right. Happy weekend, everybody. Go Padres. Go Padres. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.